0: everyone thanks for coming back to my podcast this is the second episode and in the first episode I covered what led me down the path um, to end up working at the animal shelter I still am at 29 years later Um, I covered why I decided I wanted this job and actually how I didn't get the job at first and then ended up three months down the road getting the job because the other person um, didn't work out um, and it's funny because I had already come to terms with the fact that I completely blew the interview the the higher hiring boss did not like me. It was very obvious. I still don't know why after all these years because you know I didn't do anything to him um, but anyhow, um when I did get hired, you know i it's funny i I would have thought once I got that call that I would be you know so excited and celebrating and I remember my sister actually did do that. <laughs> she was the one that was excited. I wasn't. I was leery because he really put that doubt in my mind that I probably couldn't handle this job. Um, so when I told my sister I got the job, um, I remember she took me out to this <laughs> fancy Italian restaurant and uh, to celebrate. And I, I, I remember her, you know, she noticed I wasn't exactly happy. Um 'Cause I, I just didn't know how I would handle it. Um and the first day when I was going in, I remember being terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, now I remember I was a very shy person, I was very um sensitive, <laughs> and uh, you know, the, the place I walked into was extremely intimidating. Um I remember having to meet with the boss boss, the big boss. Um So the, the person that hired me was the assistant manager. Now this one was the, I forget what we called her then. It was general manager, executive director, something like that. I I think she was, she went by general manager and she was a lady who I'm not good with ages. I mean, to me, I was 21 years old. So to me, she was an old scary lady, um, very, very, very direct. She had no filter. She had no time to try to make you feel better. Um, Scary. (laughs) Her name was Marilyn. Um, She had been the boss there for quite some time, and she would call it as it was. Um, So I went in to meet her, and I'm sitting across from her in her office, and she too was smoking because back then you could, right? So I'm sitting there, you know, trying to hold my own and being like completely terrified. And she's drilling me and basically asking why I think I should be working there. And I really had no good answer for her. Um, I still feel like she liked me even in that moment. I feel like she liked me better than the initial hiring guy did. Um, He just didn't like me. I'm still trying to get over that all these years later. Um, But she was like that with everybody. Um, So along with her, um, the staff that was already working there had been there for quite some time, and they were all older than me, like by at least 15 years, some of them more than that. Um, Very strong personalities. And I think uh, in order to continue this, I kind of have to, introduce all these members and, and, you know, characters, cause that's exactly what these people were. Um, so the one that was there the longest, um, was we call, everybody called her Ma. So obviously I'm coming in here new. I'm not a type that is instantly familiar and I just, it feels level jumpy, you know, and I'm not like that. So I learned her name was Lynn. So I started out calling her Lynn that lasted maybe two days. And then I realized, you know, you, you call her ma, that's just it. Um, so she was the one who her area was the adoption area and she ran that like nobody's business. Like it, it was spotless. It had to be spotless. Um, if it wasn't, you sure as hell we're going to hear about it. <laughs> um, it was organized. It was perfect. Um, and you know, as I got to know her, one of the funniest people I know. Um, but that first week we're going with the first week of first impressions. Um, she was intimidating because she just exuded confidence and leadership and, you know, she was never mean, never, but she has always had, and still has a very, um, I don't know how to say it, like a very quick sense of humor And she's one of those where if you're being stupid, she's going to tell you. And back then, you could call people stupid. (laughs) You know, now you really can't. You could back then. And she did. (laughs) I never took offense, though. You know, I really didn't. Because she wasn't, like, if she said it, she was right. You know, if she told me I was being stupid, I probably was being stupid. (laughs) Um, So that's Ma, okay? Um, The next one was Nancy. Um, Nancy was one of the um, what we call as animal control officers. Um, so she was out in those days on the truck. She was out catching animals. Um, you know, if an animal was hit by a car, she was one of the ones that would, you know, put on the sirens, fly out and go get them and get them to the vet. Um, Nancy was just a, I mean, still is fabulous person. Um, just always was so nice, you know, like I, I met her, I went in there, unsure and she was just always really nice um just always a pleasant person to me i never had issues with her um always always got along with nancy um the next one was jean so jean did a little bit of everything kind of like everybody there kind of did and then they fell into their places um jean was one of the uh ones that was working the desk and you know it's funny because jean would smoke on the desk <laughs> so You'd be up there, you know. She's booking in animals. She's smoking, and we just didn't think twice about it. Um, but she was pretty welcoming too, and she had been there a long, long time. And uh, I always got along with Jean. She was, she was, um, she was different than me, um, but always got along really well with her. Um, and you know, towards like later years, and that, you know, she. She uh, had some health issues and, you know, kind of was a little bit different after. But initially starting, Jean was pretty helpful, pretty welcoming. I had no problems at all with her. Um, I didn't work the desk at first, and I never wanted to work the desk because that was a terrifying territory. It really was. Back then, it was scary. Um, And I'm going to get into that a little bit more later. Um, The next one we had was Tim. Tim was the other animal control officer And Tim has always been just a ball of absolute energy. Um, like this, this guy was like so fast moving around, you know, I mean, and if, if there was an animal injured and we told him he would go running to his van, gone, right. Um, always in motion. This, this guy just never stops. Um, so and, and he was always really good to get along with. He ended up training me. Um, there was like a a subcontracted um, program that we did which was picking up wildlife and I ended up doing that for several years and Tim was the one who trained me and he was such a whirlwind training that I got so confused the first few days <laughs> because we would have to make a bunch of stops and like this address that address and so on and we would have them listed and he would ask me what our next stop is like I'm sitting in the passenger seat training and I would say the one address. He's like, no, that was two stops ago. It was almost like crocodile roll because it was just, he was so fast that I, it was hard to keep up with him. <laughs> um, he's still kind of like that too. Um, and then I remember I'd been there maybe for a month or so and I hadn't met Blake yet. So Blake, uh, he, he's he's just an amazing person. I met him after working there for about a month. Um, And I remember I was scheduled on a Sunday, which was just two people working. So it was just Blake and myself. And I was kind of comfortable there, but not really. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to meet another new person. And it was stressful for me. I went in that day and within five minutes, I loved this man. (laughs) Like just the most welcoming, kind person you'd ever want to meet. Blake kind of took on the role as like, he was like the work dad, you know, if you had any problem whatsoever, you could talk to Blake about it. You knew you were going to get good advice. And funny as hell, like just, just a good friend to this day. I consider him to be one of my favorite people. We're still good friends. Um, just a really good guy. Um, so he worked in the back. He worked in what we called the pound area. So that was the intake. We still have the pound at the shelter. Um, We run the pound for the city. So if there's animals that are running around stray, they come into us, they go into the pound. So that's the intake area. So that's basically the first step or yeah, basically the first step. They come in the door, get booked in, go in the pound. So that's where he worked. Um, At the time he was like the most expert wild cat wrangler you could ever imagine because you don't take into consideration before you work at a shelter. You're handling every single type of animal you could imagine. There's wild cats you don't want to handle. They don't want you to handle. We had to handle. And to this day, it, it's made a little bit little bit easier than what it was back then. Um, but Blake was the absolute wild cat expert. <laughs> and then on the flip side of that, his partner in those days, uh, the other pound worker, um, his name's Carlo, still great friends with him as well. Um, he was... I mean, and keep in mind, both of these guys were they were interchangeable. So they didn't just work with the cats or just work with the dogs. They did both. But for the most part, Carlo was the main dog guy. So he handled, just like Blake with the wild cats, he handled the, the baddest of the bad, scary dogs. And I'll tell you, back then, we got a lot of scary dogs. Now, when I say 1994, to me, it doesn't sound that old, you know, or that long ago, but it really was. It was 29 years ago. And back then people did still have junkyard dogs. They had guard dogs. They had protection dogs like that. And they had dogs that were outside for that purpose. And when they got loose, we got them. We had to deal with them and dealing with them included, um, taking them outside twice a day, (laughs) So they had to get out to go to the bathroom, which was fine. But you also had to get them back in the cage, which was the tricky part. Um, And again, you're dealing with, you know, junk dogs that have never been handled. um, Or, you know, very, very limited handling, especially not by strangers. And, you know, Carlo, he was the master. He he walked right up to any dog and, you know, usually had luck (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) Um, We also had another... um, town worker and I'm, he was full time. I don't remember specifically. I think he kind of like did like what you would call like a float position. Um, but his name was Kevin. And I, after being there a few weeks, I didn't realize that Kevin and Norm were the same person. His nickname was Norm. So people would talk to me about go get Norm. And I'm like, well, I don't know who that is. And then they would say Kevin sometimes. And well, anyways, it's the same person. So, he was one of the guys that worked in the back as well. And this guy, there's just no explaining him. He was hilarious. This guy just, I think he just lived to make people laugh at the expense of his coworkers often. Um, I i admit I was guilty of laughing. <laughs> he cracked me up. Um, but then we also had Denise who worked on the desk um, with Jean, And Denise, oh my God, so... Denise ended up being, and still is, one of my very best friends in the world. I trust this woman with anything. Um, Just, we get along so well. She makes me laugh constantly. Like, she's funny as hell. She's loyal. I can't say enough good things about her. However, in the beginning... (laughs) No, just kidding. Most people, when they start there, they were afraid of Denise. I wasn't afraid of her. I did find her intimidating, so maybe that's kind of the same thing. But the reason is Denise is such a direct person, no filter whatsoever, and she definitely will tell you if you're being stupid. Um, so back then, I wasn't used to that. I'd never been around people like that, and here's this whole group with the strongest personalities ever, you know. And and one of my very first memories of Denise and I, you know, we joke about this now and again. Um, I went to get a cat from the front. So people would bring a cat in. If you were working in the back, you got called up, brought the cat in, put it in a cage, blah, blah, blah. So then you had to go back up and tell them, tell the pound, the desk girls, you know, what the description of the cat was, which would be color, um, age, gender, that type of thing. So I came back up and I said, you know, the cat was, you know, short haired, black cat approximately two. I really didn't know how you could age a cat at that point. I just kind of made it up. And then she said, and I thought I was done. I was proud of myself for this one. And she said, well, is it male or female? And I said, oh, I don't know. Um, A lot of people don't realize it's not that easy to tell the gender of a cat until you know what to look for, (laughs) which I didn't at that time. So she got on the PA and she said to the entire building, Will someone get up here and show this girl how to sex a cat? And I remember just being mortified. Now it's funny, but, you know, 21-year-old me was like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll tell you, though, I went back after that and I learned how to to gender a cat all by myself because I was too embarrassed to ask anybody. I studied those cards and I studied more cat parts than anybody needs to. Um, but I learned what I needed to, um, because I was not going through that again. (laughs) Um, So when I started, I was trained by another part-time girl. There was only two of us at the time, and she was a really nice girl. She hadn't been there much longer than me, though, and was very flaky, like super flaky, so she didn't show up sometimes, and I think she ended up quitting. I don't think she actually got fired, surprisingly, but It was just me for a little bit then as the part-timer. And as a part-timer, you were expected to be available all the time. (laughs) So when I got hired, I was guaranteed 10 hours a week. And when I first got hired, I thought, wow, I, you know, I need more than that. I can't, I can't live off of 10 hours a week, though I still lived at home. You know, I had been making, I had been getting more hours at my last job that I left for this job. Well, I'll tell you, never once did I work a 10-hour week in that place because I was the only part-timer, so I was on call constantly. And if that boss called you, even on your day off, and you said no, she was terrifying. So I very, very rarely said no, but I do remember begging my parents on days if I had worked a bunch in a row and I needed a break, I would beg my mom if Marilyn calls, don't, don't answer the phone. Or if Marilyn calls, tell her I'm, you know, I'm at Baba's house, <laughs> something like that. And, uh, and I usually would get in trouble. I didn't do it often because I just didn't have the guts. Um, but after about a year, um, they had hired another girl and I remember Denise saying to me, um, you know, something to get the new girl up there. And I hadn't met the new girl yet, but I had heard her name and she said, go get that Jackie girl up here. And I'm like, Jackie, we don't have someone named Jackie, which I would have known that's my sister's name. And I said, do you mean the new girl? Her name's Janice. And she goes, Jackie, Janice, whatever her name is, just get her up here. Well, from that point on Janice was named Jackie. So she got renamed that day and it stuck. And actually Janice just retired. I think I might've mentioned that in the first episode. Um, she just retired. Um, well, this week, basically. And Denise retired last month, so it's been a tough transition because, you know, you don't realize in a job like this what you go through. We were doing cruelty investigations at that time, and, you know, the requirements for how people had to keep their pets was not what it is today. You know, people didn't treat them the way animals are treated today, which, I mean, we still have a lot of situations that are horrible today, don't get me wrong. But the standards are a lot better now than they were in 1994 um, for how people view their pets. You know, back then it wasn't, I mean, a lot of us viewed them like kids, like we do today, like babies. Not everybody did, though, and those are the people we had to deal with. So when you're working with that day in and day out and seeing more animals in, let's say, a week than most people see in probably the entire year, you know, maybe even longer, you form like a a trauma bond, (laughs) you know, and, and that's how you get through it. Because this, this group of workers, um, I'll tell you, you would, you would, it's hard for me to ever meet somebody with a better sense of humor and more, you know, ridiculousness than this group. And that's how we survived. You know, we saw a lot of sad things. Trust me, I've cried at work more than, you would probably ever imagine. Um, And I got made fun of it and then it helped me through it, (laughs) you know, like we would tease each other. And that's kind of, that's what's kept me sane all these years. Um, I do remember reading an article early on that animal shelter workers typically don't make it past five years. And this group, this core group made it to retirement, um, which is, it's crazy when you think about it. Um, And Marilyn, she made it to retirement too. Um, Marilyn had such, such high standards, but she was very fair. So she recognized good workers and she respected good workers and that core group, she respected like crazy. It took me a bit to earn it because I was a part-timer and generally speaking, she, I wouldn't say she didn't value the part-timers, but she didn't accept you immediately. So I maybe it was her tactic because it caused me to work my ass off in order to, you know, kind of earn her respect. And when I did, I knew about it because I started off probably making, like it would have been minimum wage. So let's just assume minimum wage was like, I don't know, six bucks, something like that. She called me in her office one day and I got called in the office a lot for, for stuff that was to me, very petty. Like I busted my ass cleaning. She would I would come up, you know, to work the next day and they'd be like, oh, Marilyn wants to see you. And I'm going, oh my God, you know, go in the office. And she would say, you missed a clump of hair on the floor last night (laughs) and stuff like that. Right. So I get called in her office and she has me sit down and she's like, you've worked here for, at the time, it wasn't that long, really, maybe seven, eight months. And, uh, she said, you know, and I have noticed that you've been really trying hard and I, I, here's me waiting for the butt. Right. Well, she didn't give me a butt. She said, you've been trying really hard. I really like your work. I think you're a good person. She said, so I'm going to give you a raise. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to get like a 10 cent raise. No, she bumped me up to $10 an hour from like six or maybe six bucks all the way up to $10 an hour all at once. And she said, that's because I know you're a good worker and I want you to stay here. And I was floored. I I left that office speechless (laughs) and everybody was like, what happened? What happened? And when I told them they were floored because she just didn't do that. Um, so that really helped me, you know, kind of earn some confidence and the people I was around helped me earn some confidence because you're dealing with, you know, people who are older and very self-assured. I swear some of it wore off on me, you know, on quiet, shy me. (laughs) Um, around that time, she also decided that, She wanted to have me trained on the desk. I did not want to work the desk. I did not. I did not because not only were you dealing face-to-face with hostile people and it happened back then, you know, like we were verbally abused constantly. Um, but I also had to deal with money and I have an extreme (laughs) disadvantage. Let's put it when it comes to math. Somehow I made it through school, but When we're talking about trying to give someone change, no, I just, I can't. And you know, then, back then we didn't have the computer setup we have now. So it was either you did it in your head or you looked like what I thought in my head, a complete moron and used a calculator. So I always hated doing that. And you know, it was back then it was cash only. We had cash or we had the um, old style, like carbon copy um, machine for Visa or MasterCard. So for the most part, we dealt with cash. There was no debit yet, um, at least for us. Um, so I would get, you know, I would be going to give change and I would like completely freeze up. And Denise would always kind of yell out the, the change amount, like she'd hear it, you know, 225 lower. And then she would make fun of me after, which was fine because you know, it evened out. I was a pretty good speller and she wasn't. So, (laughs) so it always evened out. Um, but yeah, the desk was terrifying and, and learning the computer. I didn't use computers. (laughs) I took a computer course, course, in high school, but I didn't use computers in, in day-to-day life. I didn't have one and we didn't have the internet. So it was just a software-based thing. And God, I remember it seemed to take me forever to learn how, because, It just, that just wasn't in my mind. And, you know, nowadays when we're training the younger workers now, it's like, man, they catch on so fast. And of course I'm better with computers, obviously, but I just remember back then, it's like, I felt like it took me forever. I remember writing down the steps. I was a conscientious worker. I didn't, I didn't want to not do a good job. That was always my thing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun, uh, but scary. And the one cool thing was when you work the desk, we had mascots. We had mascot pets. So we had, at the time, two dogs, um, Katie and Jax. Jax went home with Gene every day, and Katie went home with Denise. And when I started, we had four cats. Um, We had Jr., Dupester, Melissa, and Fox. And nobody told me that Jr. would use the toilet to pee. So... When I was working the, the later shift by myself, when everybody was gone, you would kind of clean all the floors and all that stuff, bathrooms and such. Nobody told me this. So I remember being there one night and I heard somebody <laughs> peeing with the door open. Now, don't ask me why I crept down that dark hall to look, but I did. And I saw Jr. the cat on the toilet <laughs> with his back to the door. He whipped around like as if what to say, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, and I politely backed up so that, you know, I didn't offend him. And I thought to myself, this is the best scoop anyone's ever heard. So the next day I come into work, I'm so excited to tell everyone, guess what? Guess what? Well, of course they all knew nobody told me. And I'm like, that's kind of something you should let the new person know, you know, because it was a little startling to stumble upon, but he was sweet I was told in the beginning to beware of him because they they said he was known to be cranky. I never had issues with him. He loved me, but he really loved Jean, and she used to work at the desk with Jr. wrapped around her neck, sucking on her hair, and she'd just be casually walking here and there with her cigarette, you know, and you know, just loved Jr. Um, They they were interesting these cats, you know, like they just had so much personality. And they just became part of the staff. You know, we loved them. Um, a couple of years later, we added two more cats. Um, we ended up with Dennis and Tommy, who were both cats that came in. Um, it was a legal situation. We would have to hold animals for certain, you know, situations like that until they got sorted out. And that's how we got those two. Um, but they ended up staying a year because the, the legal situation took a lot longer and, We just decided to keep them and luckily the owner wasn't, that sounds mean to say, but luckily the owner wasn't in the position to take them back. So we did end up keeping them and we were madly in love with these two cats at this point. Um, but I'm going to save their descriptions for my next episode. Um, and I really thank everybody for listening. Um, I'm going to start off my next episode by talking about those amazing mascot animals that we had. And, uh, yeah, I'll just continue on with my 29 years of animal shelter work and all the ridiculous adventures I've had in the past 29 years. So thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon.